Well, good morning. My name is Brian Sullivan. Thank you for having me. We are going to be in 3 John. Uh, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. It's on page 593. It doesn't even get its own page. It has to share it with other books of the Bible in there. So, um, And I also had to put my Bible on this side, because when I had it on this side, I kept seeing 2 John and started reading that. So um, it is a short but powerful letter. So as you turn to page 593 or find 3 John in your Bibles, I will read it, and then we will dive in. Third John chapter, or verse 5. We don't even have chapters. It says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it reveals. As Jeremiah talked about, it, it reveals our hearts, our, our brokenness, our, our desires to seek and act wisely apart from you. Uh, but God, it also is a, a message of your grace and your goodness and your love and your pursuit of us. Allow us to see your love for us this morning that's ultimately displayed through your son Jesus, the mission he had to seek and save the lost. I pray that we would be encouraged this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, quick background, my name is uh, Brian Sullivan. I am married to uh, Karina. Uh, she is back leading worship. Um, we helped plant Crosspoint Jupiter uh, just over five years ago. Uh, we have three kids. Uh, the two boys just turned 13 and 10 this past month. Uh, I guess last week it was, which looks normal. Like when, we, when they're little, we were holding like, like, we'd, like whatever, child dedications. Like I'm holding Will and then you got Weston. But then we had a daughter right in the middle. And so like Alana would be popping her head up and it's like, okay, like how do we do that? Like that was a lot going on at that time. So um, we have three kids. Uh, I became a Christian later. I was about 25, 26 years old. Uh, in one lens, I was a train wreck. Uh, but in the other lens, I had pretty much the American dream. I had a great job, had a bunch of friends, uh, had a great family. I was actually on a golf trip with my friends out in uh, Pebble Beach, and I'm like, kind of, is this it? So it was kind of one of those moments. Anyway, my cousin had become a Christian. I started learning about Jesus, and I was like, oh, this is true. Uh, and it just it upended my life. Ever since then, I had a passion to help people know and follow Jesus and I knew that happened, I didn't know much, but I knew that happened through the church. So I went to my pastor, I started talking to him about it, and long story short, we got connected, uh, I was in St. Louis at the time, we got connected to Orlando, um, where I did a pastoral internship at Crosspoint um, in Orlando, went to seminary there, and ended up helping what would become the first plant out of the original Crosspoint. Jeremiah was around at that time, uh, and the question that we ask is, could we do more together than apart? 
as a church, as we planted churches, as we fulfilled this mission of God, could we do more together than apart? Um, and that has shifted, that has modified, that has changed over the years, but the resounding answer has been yes. And so about 10 years ago, we went and planted Cross Point, or 13 years ago, Cross Point uh, was Winter Park. And today I'm going to talk about goers and senders. And at that time, we loved Cross Point Winter Park. We, and, and, and our vision was, our, our, our thought was like, yes, we send. We plant churches. We send out missionaries. We do that from, and, and, and so we were senders. And then about five years ago, we became goers. Like, oh, God's calling us to go. God's calling us. I, this, this, this isn't what I thought. This isn't what I planned. We, we had a great gig going. We loved it. But about a little over five years ago, we moved on to Jupiter to help plant Cross Point Jupiter, which, whether you know it or not, you have been supporting since day one. And so we're grateful for that. And so it really is a joy to be here this weekend, um, to even just, as we began worship, to hear these stories of your faithfulness, of your continued walking in the truth as we see in verse 4. And I want to take this morning to encourage you. Um, we can all get a little awkward when we receive encouragement, right? Whether it's like for something you do or what you look like or whatever, like we, we try and uh, deflect it as much as we can. We, we do something that helps somebody or changes somebody's life or something, and we deflect like, oh, I didn't really do anything. Oh, it's, it's no big deal. Like it was nothing, right? Then sometimes we want to spiritualize it. it it's all God's work, right? Which, which is true, but it's God's work through you. God uses people to bring about his purposes. And so I want today, this message, to be an encouragement to you. And that's what's happening in 3 John. John, he calls himself the elder, uh, is writing to his friend Gaius to encourage him. And we see first he just encourages him generally. In verse Four, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. He, he encourages his friend Gaius for walking in the truth. But look at the first, I mean, even the first three verses, it's almost like one of those awkward things. Like if your friend was standing right in front of you and said this to you, like how awkward would you feel? It says, the elder to my beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, like, I mean, he's already said he loves him three times in a verse and a, and a word. I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health, and it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, if, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. He starts, what? Encouraging him, building him up. I was thinking about this. The scriptures say to encourage one another, right? Like, so it is a sin to not encourage one another. And so I pray that you would just receive encouragement. Be encouraged about what's going on in and through Cross Point Coast. And then John gets more specific uh, in one of the areas that he is walking in the truth. And it's his support of uh, what one commentator said, the missionary endeavor of the church. He encourages him in his missionary, the support of his missionary endeavor of the church. It's a sign of his faithfulness and love. And he's writing John to encourage him to keep doing it. You have been doing this. 
Crosspoint Coast, you have been doing this. Guess what the encouragement is? Be encouraged you, kept, you have been doing it. Keep on doing it. I, I, I tell our congregation all the time, I'm like, hey, there are churches that are out there that you don't even know about, that don't even know you, that are, have supported us from day one. And my hope is that very soon they no longer have to support us, not so they can just stop supporting stuff, that they can support other people. That, that more churches, that more missionaries, that more people can be sent. And so today, I want to encourage two people. I want to encourage the senders, and I want to encourage the goers. And, and some of you are in this room because you're senders right now. But um, as I went to one of our supporting churches um, a few weeks back, and Pastor Tyler uh, shared this, um, this passage, I uh, I pray that maybe something stirs in you. Because maybe you're like me, and at one point you were like, oh yeah, look, look what Crosspoint Coast is doing. We send people. And then you start looking to your left and your right, and you're like, whoa, 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 like, maybe God wants to send me. Maybe I'm one that, that, that might be going at some point. I'm not saying it's like today or tomorrow or next week or next year, but, but at some point, like I had my life, first of all, I had my life in St. Louis set. It was going to be a good life. Then I had my life in Orlando set, and it was going to be a good life. And now we're in South Florida my prayer is that it's going to be a good life. Like that's what, that's what I'm going for. It's good. But first, I want to encourage what, we, what, what, what this passage talks about as the senders. Look at verse 5. Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. It says it's a faithful thing you do in all your efforts. Um, he, he's praising them for it, for what they're doing. It's, it's a faithful thing you do. But, but the sending of missionaries, the sending of church planters, the, the support that you give them, it's not only praiseworthy, it's vital. You are being faithful. And without you, none of this can be happening. Crosspoint Jupiter doesn't exist without the support of senders. There's not a, like, I'm over here, like, kind of checking the Facebook feed to make sure it's working. Like, there's a whole service going on an hour and 45 minutes down south of us. Not only is one of your uh, partners, Bill, preaching, but, but, but a church is established. It's happening. That's because of your faithfulness. I'd sent this, some of my quotes to, to Jeremiah. He goes, oh, read this article that I wrote last year. I use that same quote. And it, and it gets us the idea of the vitality, why it's so vital to have senders and goers. And it's a quote which I didn't grow up in church, so I guess it's a fam- famous quote. So some of you might have heard this like 500 times, but I heard it for the first time three weeks ago. And it was from William Carey to his friend John Fuller, on William Carey's uh, mission to India. So he's going to be a missionary in India, and he um, described it being a missionary to, to this new place as going into a um, deep, unexplored mine. So, so William Carey's going to India. He tells his friend, he says, I'll go down into the pit if you hold the rope. So I'll go down. I'll go to this unexplored new area, but I need you to hold the rope. I need you to support me. I need you to care for me. 
I need you to pray for me. I need you to provide for me. If you let go of the rope, guess what happens? I'm, I'm cut off. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And that's what John Fuller did. He, he organized support for him. He raised money for him. He supported him. He encouraged him. He reminded him of his goodness. Holding on to the rope is vital. You guys are holding on to the rope. Be encouraged in that. And be encouraged to continue to do that. The second thing we see to encourage ascenders, um, it says in verse 6, it says, who testified to your love before the church. It says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. It says, he testified to your love. That you do well to send them on their way, not just send them on their way, but in a manner of worthy of God. This is cross-point language that has been infused into Jeremiah and myself. This it is, is a partnership in the gospel. It's not just, hey, we're going to send you a check. Like, the check helps, right? But it, we need more than the, the check. I loved it when Jeremiah opened the service. He says, these are precious friends. They're, they're not just people that are scattered throughout the world. Like, look, I mean, 99% of you had no idea who I was before this morning. Right? It, it says, in here though, it says strangers as they are. They're, they're, they're brothers. They're precious friends. When my friend Tyler was teaching on this a few weeks ago, he put it this way. He says, too often, Christians who go and Christians who support or send see their relationship as transactional rather than relational. We can think of this supporting the missionary endeavor as something that's transactional. Oh yeah, that's nice. We give 10% of our, our, our budget to, to, to church planting or to missionaries or to work around the globe. And, and, that's good. and we think like, okay, look, I'm glad the church is doing that. Um, but it's more than that. It's relational. Look at the language. They testified to your love. You loved them. And again, this is not an overstatement. Crosspoint Jupiter doesn't exist without the love and support of Crosspoint Coast. And it's not just the monthly check that comes through. Again, you guys don't get to see all of this. But I remember we're about a year in. We're in Jupiter. I came up... Um, I had a picture that I didn't uh, post up. I came up to get a cross. There was a cross that you all had that was made out of driftwood from the Indian River. So it's up on our stage every, every Sunday. And I came to pick it up, and I just spent the day with Jeremiah and, and Joel. And, um, and I was talking to her, like, you know, how, how are you doing? How's it going with the church? I'm like, I was like, well, I mean, you can't say it's, like, all going terrible. Um, but I was like, hey, like, this is happening, and this is happening, and I see this. And I was like, but, but. We need to get, like, I always talk about a sustainable mass. We need to get more people. We need to get more people because we need to get established. We need to be our own church. And, and, and Jeremiah stopped me in the middle of the lunch, and he goes, he goes, why? And he goes, what you just described, how you are at your kids' lacrosse games, how you're in the school, how you're praying for your neighbor, the relationships you're developing, he's like, you're a missionary. Keep functioning as a missionary. The church will get established. It'll grow you know what I needed to hear? I needed to hear that. And he goes, you tell us when you need us to stop supporting you. There's not a three-year timeline. There's not a four-year timeline. It's more than a check. It's love. Every Wednesday, we have a call with all these different cross-point pastors. Sometimes we talk about what we're going to preach that week. 
sometimes it's just like, hey, I had a rough week. Can I take over this call? Like, yep, you go. It happened this past Wednesday. For me, my mom died at the beginning of COVID last year. We went through a lot of family-like tragedies. And a lot of my, probably a whole year spent just sort of like wandering around. I'm like, uh, I can get a sermon together for this week. Um, nothing else is really going real great. I had people around me who loved me, cared about me, invested in me, were there for me. And then the prayer. I love when I'm talking to Bill Adams about preaching down at, at Jupiter today. He's like, oh, I'm going to love that. We've been praying for you as our community group. It's It's amazing. And so as senders, my prayer is that you're encouraged. I pray that you're encouraged that this is in the Bible and that you're actually doing it. Don't, don't you love that? When you're reading the scriptures, like, oh yeah, look, 2,000 years later, this is still happening. And I get to be a part of it. Be encouraged. John also encourages the goers. Verse 7, it says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name. Now, the bottom line is there is only one motivation for going. Only one motivation for sending to. There's only one motivation for going, and it's the name. Why did I want to go to seminary and work at the church? None of my friends were Christians. Nobody knew Jesus. I, I, I wanted people to know God. I wanted them to have freedom in Christ that I now had. It was for the sake of the name. We had it, again, we loved, we still love Crosspoint Winter Park. And, and we had kids at the time, and the oldest was six or seven, and then, you know, four or five, and two and three, or however they are. My, my wife, as they were putting them down, were explaining how we're going to go plant this church. My daughter has the sweetest little video of it. Um, it probably would have been better than this sermon. Um, but my wife was talking to my son, the oldest one, and then um, they're you know going going to sleep at, at night, and then um, it's like, Will, what do you what do you think, buddy? You know, what about this? And he goes, you kind of like started close and went far. And he's like, Well, mom, I'm going to miss my room, and I'm going to miss our house, I'm going to miss the backyard, I'm going to miss the neighborhood, I'm going to miss Spencer, I'm going to miss my school, I'm going to miss the church, and then he stopped and he goes. But when God says go, you go. Oh, he was six. I have no idea if he knew what he was saying, but what he was saying was accurate. You go out for the sake of the name. And it's been hard for me because the one, the one that said, if God says go, you go, guess who it has cost the most? It's cost him the most. His best friend is still the his best friend from when he was six. They, they've now lived further apart than they did. They live together. They see each other maybe three times a year. And they go through the thing, hey, who's your best friend? Spencer. Who's your best friend? Will. It, it cost him the most. He's had the hardest time. But it's for the sake of the name. John Stott put it this way. He says, the name of Jesus is the revelation of his divine human person and saving work. It's all about who Jesus is and what he's done. And then jealousy for his name is the most compelling of all missionary motives. The, the call is people would know Christ. 
and him crucified. We go because we have good news. We have news of forgiveness. We have news of life. We have news of restoration. And we have news of ultimate eternal life with God. So be encouraged as goers. You're going for the sake of the name. Verse 7b says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Goers, be encouraged because you're not alone. There's somebody holding the rope. You don't go out on this endeavor on your own. 13 years ago, and I know this because that's when we planted Cross Point Winter Park, and it was a month after, a month after our oldest was born. So it's been 13 years. Um, my wife was a, she might have gotten, might have made it over here. She was a news anchor for Fox 35. So she anchored the 6 and 10 o'clock news. Uh, she hit pause on that once we had our first to, to, to focus on him and help plant this church. Um, it doesn't matter how much, but just so you know, a news anchor in a top 15 market makes a little bit more than a church planner who's raising his own money. For 13 years, God has provided for us. Like, I've stared at the ceiling at 3 o'clock in the morning a few nights. But God provides. Goers, you are not alone. You have support. God will provide for you. Stott in his commentary says, There's many good causes which we may support. There's many good causes which we may support. We need to support tragedies around the world. We need to support good things that, that are needed to come alongside. But Sasa said, so there's many good causes which we may support. This is one we must support. Nobody else is going to support missionaries. It says they took nothing from the Gentiles. Why? Because the Gentiles aren't going to give money for what? For the name to go out. So church, this is something that we must do. We must support. It makes us fellow workers of the truth, as verse 8 says. So goers, be encouraged. You're doing it for the sake of the name. And you're not alone. You're never going to be alone. One of the things I do at Crosspoint Jupiter, I'm always asking, like, why? Okay, like, like, or what? Like, what motivates us to actually do this? To, to actually go? To actually send? This, this church could do something with that money. Probably hire somebody. Could spruce something up, I'm sure. Everything's great around here, though. I'm like, oh, look, this would be awesome to have. <laughs> so, so how do we remain faithful How do we continue to walk in the truth, as verse 4 says, and work together for the truth, as verse 8 says? We do it for the sake of the name. And so whether you're sending or whether you're going, it's all for the sake of the name. One of my favorite pictures in the scriptures is in Mark 1.8. It says that the, the fame of Jesus spread. The fame of Jesus spread throughout the region. That's what the, 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 the call of the church is, to spread the name and fame of Jesus. Our little lingo for that, we point our community to Jesus. 
Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you or harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And it says, And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. What motivates us is there's many in this city. There's many in Jupiter. There's many in Cape. There's many in Orlando. There's many in Mongolia who are his. And God in his grace is going to use us to bring life. We, we, we can never forget that we live in a world that God created as good. He created it good. He created it beautiful. He created it flourishing. But because of sin, it's marked with rebellion and brokenness and darkness and hurt and pain and confusion. Isn't it heartbreaking to watch these kids? But the good news is that God doesn't leave us in our darkness. What did he do? He, he sent his son Jesus into the world. Jesus is a goer who came to pay the penalty of sin. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. God sent. Jesus came. And he pays the penalty for sin on the cross. And he brings life and light and hope and restoration for all who trust in him. And that's why we have this great mission to point our community to Jesus. Church, we're the light of the world. We're the hope of the world. Not that it's on us but that we have Jesus. We have this message to give everyone. And the reality is that we're all senders and we're all goers. As senders, we get to participate in bringing the gospel to places we could never go ourselves. I can't go do what Miguel's doing in Orlando. Even as a church that's supported by you, we're supporting my friend Ronnie in West Palm Beach in a neighborhood called Tamarin. And he's bringing the gospel to bear there, the city where he grew up. I, I can't go there. We get to send Joel into Canaveral. He's not here right now. He was here. He's now there. What a joy it is to get to participate in that, to celebrate that, to be a part of what God is doing literally all over the world. We're all senders. And we're also all goers. We'll all leave here today. We'll go to our homes. We'll go to our families. We'll go to our friends. We'll go to our neighborhoods. We'll go to our communities. We'll go to our schools. We'll go to our workplaces. We'll go to our hobbies. All with this great joy and purpose of spreading the fame and name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. That you made this world beautiful and glorious. It reflected who you are. God, we, we confess, as we did in the prayer confession, that, that all have turned from you, rebelled against you. But God, we, we, we thank you that you didn't leave us in our darkness. 
You sent your son. Jesus, you were the goer who came to, to pay the penalty for sin. To give us your righteousness. To, to, to resurrect and bring new life. And God, you sent your spirit upon us. And you gave us this great mission. John 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. God, what an amazing gift to be able to be used by you, to be sent into our worlds and then to be able to support people who are going into all the, the world to bring light and life and to spread the name of Jesus. Help us to bring clarity on what that looks like for us today. In Jesus' name, amen.